Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. It's happening, folks. It's happening. This successive relegation that we all dismissed and said couldn't happen because our players were probably too good. It's it's happening right in front of our eyes, isn't it? I'd like Must- to say I never. What did I tell you about talking to the I microphone? I am looking at the mic. You're looking at, You're looking at it. You're not talking into it. <laughs> eh? What do you mean, eh? That's Craig Clark's voice there. He joins myself. Yeah. I, I, I always, oh, that's better. I always thought this was possible. I always said... This what whole, you being able to talk to the microphone? No, this whole idea that getting relegated—this like instant F five refresh—it's just not true. It's is good, it? good to go down, man. I don't yeah. think any of us here ever said relegation no, would be good to go but down. But some people thought, you know, get over it and then we'll win games. But did you think but, it could go to this extent? Yeah, because you do get some yeah. people who are saying, "Well, you just go down again. Look at Man City. Look at Leeds. Yeah, but, but look at Portsmouth. You know what I mean? Or look at Coventry. Or look at I don't know. Look at Coventry." If you know what I mean, though, like pick. Well, I don't really want to look at Portsmouth. No, Co- Coventry, Coventry um, it's said that they have. It must be the worst, the worst team to support because they it's haven't Coventry? had it because they haven't had a promotion. Like that, right, so, yeah. like they have, when they've gone down, uh-huh. they've never fi- they've never mm. finished in a position to go into the playoffs or anything. They've always just kept going down, 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 and down. So they've never gone straight yeah. back up. Gone back down well, there again. You go. There's a blueprint. It's just been a constant, <laughs> constant demise for Never them. Never mind the no. Udinese models. And then they played out Coventry oh, model. For and us. then they played outside of the city for a little bit. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they did yeah. They'll probably shut our stadium down. We'll be playing at the Reynolds Arena in Darlington. In Darlington, <laughs> just randomly. Based on the nasty or something like that. Play arrive. The, the people we've got playing for us don't even deserve to play on that pitch you know. <laughs> probably out I mean we, we were joking about that after the game but they're actually saying because we were saying exactly the same thing all these people who said relegation would be good it would cleanse the soul we would get some few wins you know what's coming now it'll be like actually relegation to league one might be just what we need at the moment let's get relegated to league one win some games cleanse the soul and then when you cleanse start struggling the then you start struggling at that level and you're like well, Portsmouth went all the way down, so maybe if we just go all the way yeah. down as well, it'll work for us because they're on the way back up. Then it's going to be like, well, maybe we should just go in the non-league. Look at EFC Wimbledon; they'll be like, they'll be like <laughs> championship level by this point. And people say? will be saying, "Let's just do an EFC Wimbledon, start again, <laughs> get rid of all the mercenaries." We'll, we'll start That's what a club. we need to do. The real concerning thing I've noticed the last few podcasts, and I've, I've nearly made a joke about, it and I've left it alone. You keep on saying things like cleansing, purification. <laughs> you've been saying a lot of. 
Now, we often make jokes about you. Your right wing tendencies. But that's gone a bit too, it's a bit too far, isn't it? Really? He's saying it like, hi, by the way. Yeah. Um, he's saying it like he does actually have the tendencies. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I know. Well, it, I'm going to back him up. He keeps on talking just, about. Just looks like it a little bit. Yeah, he keeps that's on really talking. Does anyone say James Richardson looks right wing? <laughs> I know, but he's not like a. Doesn't turn nah, up. No, he was, he was all continental. That's what we associate with him. Don't so we Steve when he right. was toying them. Aye, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. James Richardson wasn't in the, in the, in the cafe. Chucking chairs around, was, was he? He was having a nice gazette. little. I was having anyway, a there, nice cup of tea. Let's get back to the, the meat Pro- stuff. Hold on, the the, your mic's terrible. I'm gonna, I'm gonna swap hours around. Watch this. Oh wow, this is great. Content. It is. Well, yeah. he just does it every week, so great. Look yeah. at that. It's better, the thing is, he, he exposes everything anyway, but he hasn't just exposed uh, Rory. Exposed. The fact that he's so. late and, he's, and he's just walked in. How how late am I? Not that late. Not well. What have I missed? We did it. <laughs> missed, you missed us saying how getting relegated to League One might be a good thing oh, God. and then going down to League Two might be a good thing no uh, we haven't even gotten on to the to the game yet I, the depressing thing about it was everything really. no, but, no <laughs> I know but, but, but Cardiff are, are joint top and they were rubbish and Sheffield United are doing well but they were rubbish and we're, losing, fair, and no, we're, lo- fair, we're losing these teams Sheffield no, United are probably the no, best team all, player, yeah but, but exactly well that says right, a lot well, let's, let's talk that says a lot because Nottingham they were, Forest they were, organ- were, were organised Sheffield United weren't they yeah. but it's not like the the standard is lower than I thought yet well, you're doing much worse <laughs> yeah. than I could have we ever can't imagined even, yeah, we can't meet that standard <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly imagine going to the match and looking at other teams saying they're rubbish and thinking yeah we're worse you don't have to imagine it do you so it's that is the double every edge. single game. Even like Forrester game though, once Sunderland oh. equalised though, again you start to think, starting to maybe get on on top of this little game, or on top of this game little a little game. bit here <laughs> now. Forrester was not equalised against Forrest. No, but right. we, there was a point in nil nil. I think oh, where sorry. we started to control, <laughs> like where we started equalised. <laughs> equalised by not conceding. <laughs> we haven't had a lead at home this season. Yeah, I think I mean yeah. midway through the second half is, is what we I'm haven't saying. had a lead at home this season. We haven't scored from open play this season at all. No, no. At, at home, at home. At, yeah, at home. Ah, oh. so we yeah, had, well, yeah, right, okay. Because we had the, um, the it was a header from a free kick, Rodwell's, wasn't it? So yeah, it was. And yeah. we have the two penalties. I think out of um, the games that I've been at this season, that's the first time I've been able to celebrate a meaningful goal since Honeyman scored against Sheffield Wednesday. That was like over. That was over a month ago now. Just like it's exactly the same. Forgot as what being it was like. Prem- it's exactly the same as being in the Premier League, but we're getting by- beaten by worse teams, yeah. and we're even worse. And we're worse. We're actually. I mean, this makes that Moyes team look good by I mean, comparison. My like. dad, like I've seen a few people of a certain era say that this is one of the worst Sunderland teams I've seen, which is worrying because yeah. they obviously, you know, people in the sixties and that who, you know, saw Sunderland right through the eighties in the early nineties mm-hmm. when. Would generally for the vast majority of that that ten year period where we've been ten years in the Premier League when we've kind of been watching it most of the time, they've been watching it in a, at a time where we went into the third division, we were kind of milled around in the second division fighting against relegation, um, you know survive, surviving on the last day of the season and stuff like mm. that. Um, it reminds me of that era, that. like the Terry Butcher McBuxton era at the moment. Does it, it is quite te- teams like teams like. South End and Grimsby then would come oh. to Roker Park and they would and they would win. You know, they would just turn up and they would beat us, and that become the norm as a Sunderland fan, didn't it? Or that was the norm when you when you were growing up. And there's, it's a worry it's yeah. going to be like that again. Only this is worse <laughs> because this ground isn't suited to to mm. those kind of mm. crowds and and that kind of atmosphere is just 
it height, it's heightened, isn't it, by by the logistics of the stadium and stuff, which we won't go into that. So we hear from Simon Grayson on uh, the defenders cutting out mistakes or players uh, making better decisions. I think the key key point really is that our decision making has has to be better right across the pitch from making basic mistakes in the, the defensive third. Um, defending your 18-yard box better, but ultimately in the top end of the pitch, making sure that when you, we break or we get chances, that we'd be ruthless and we make sure that if it's the right pass, the right cross or the, or, or the right ball that we're going to play to somebody, it's a, it's a decision-making that is the right one rather than this morning time, it's, it's nearly the right one. We've got to be better, I think. Individually, the players have got to take responsibility for that, as I certainly do as well, um, but I think... We need to have more players performing on their and up in their game. I think if you were to grade the players at this moment in time, a lot of them would be probably C's, minus B's, or something like that. And if you're going to get positive results, you need sort of B pluses and A's and things like that. So I'm sounding like a bit of a skill teacher here, but I think that's what we need. We need players to come up uh, up trumps and really produce the performance that they're certainly capable of doing because they've showed so far this season little sporadic moments in games. Now they've got to do it consistently and stand up and be carried. We're going to hear from more from Grayson in a little bit. He's starting to, he was a little bit bullish today uh, because we've got the Ipswich game to talk about as well. There were suggestions after the game. He, he made a comment, didn't he, to sort of insinuate Sunderland weren't too big of a club to go down. And people have, have jumped on that quite quickly. And well, so it was a bit Moyes-esque. That's because that's exactly why, because we've had it. You've got mixed messages, haven't you? Because you've got Martin Bain... Few weeks ago, in a in a piece with George Colkin, suggesting that promotion's the aim this season, and then you've got <laughs> Simon Grayson a couple of weeks later coming out and saying we're not too big to go down. I don't think. I think if you look around the ground and see, there's probably twenty two thousand people, sparsely, you know, spread out around that stadium. I think. We all, I think that's abundantly clear that we're not too big to go down. I think everyone believes we're not too big to go down. I think no, you don't need to convince any Sunderland supporter that that's the case. I think you need to convince them that we can compete in the second division, which is that's what they should be talking about. It's true though, isn't it? Because yeah. we don't need. It's not like we need to be told because everyone's everyone's voting with the feet for starters, and everyone in the ground are demonstrating that they understand that. What what we've seen so far hasn't been good enough, so we know that we need somebody. We need him to come out and, you know, maybe posit- he, he needs to try and phrase things a bit more positive when he when he talks about things I, like that. To be honest, that. I just don't care what he says. It doesn't make <laughs> any difference. But we can go on and on about what a manager says. It's what happens on the pitch that yeah. counts. And that that's starting eleven. All right, his hands are tied by having a shallow squad with not very good players. We need to play three at the back. You abandoned it pretty sharpish because yeah. it was garbage. And and it's like, even even after he abandoned it, there was moments during that half where it was like, I don't care what he's saying in his press conferences and that, I didn't know where certain players were supposed to be playing at certain points during that first, well, during the whole game. It was like, Oviedo obviously moved to the left wing mm. and was actually very good there. Yeah. Which would be no surprise, he was a left winger originally at Everton. However, he also popped up on the right wing, some kind of number 10 rule, yeah. just seemed to drift around. It was Almost just like, What's as if going to say, well, well, he's doing all right, yeah. so hey, we're going to give him the creative license now because he's the only one on the team who looks positive. And well, he, he, had, he had, like, if you look at the players on the pitch, he was probably the most technically gifted <coughs> He was our best player. player. He was our best player, oh, yeah. yeah. He was the best player, yeah. him arguably, him on the pitch. Yeah. Full him start. and Matthews, mm-hmm. that left hand, that yeah, was the yeah, only was good nice. thing about changing the system because 
why did we change the system? Because we didn't change our style of play at all. No. You thought, all right, we're going four four two. Maybe we're going to get down the wings. We've got a big striker. Maybe we can get some cross into him. You'd never put any crosses in. Yeah. Like it's what? almost like he's acknowledging himself because before the game, when people saw the team sheet, it was three at the back. It was quite obvious it was three at the back. There were groans. Craig's just rolled his eyes out when I mentioned it, and that that was pretty much how people thought before the game. And it's almost if he's thinking, "We'll just try this again <laughs> one more time." Half an and hour, then, and then after like twenty minutes, like no, 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 no. Right, let's, well, let's move on. Well, the thing is, he could have made he could have made substitutions to to change the shape. Like he could the subs were baffling again. Could, by yeah, the way, he could have put he could have put maybe Wilson in the midfield and, and and sort of changed it that way and, and and made it you know brought a different player on, but it kind of he was just like kind of reshaped it and and Browning one of the most anonymous performances I've seen from a player. <laughs> I did, forgot he was there at times. He just stopped. Well, in the first half, when we were playing three at the back, sometimes he was just like loitering around on the edge <laughs> of the box, like just standing there. Like, well, why are you there? Well, the problem. And then, is, and then when he went right back, he didn't. I don't think he crossed halfway line. There's no leadership or communication on the pitch. Like even daft little things. Like you see, how many times do you see the same like two players going up for the same header and stuff like that? There's clearly no well, communication. Wouldn't be nice field. if um, one of them had gone up for a header for that first. Well, goal. yeah. Well. On on that, and another popular opinion in the pub afterwards was was that John O'Shea was arguably missing from from the back. Talking about communication, well, he definitely was missing from the back. Talking about commu- talking about communication and and leadership at the back. Their first goal, people just stand around watching it. We did put a poll out earlier to to ask about O'Shea, and seventy percent have said that they would they would put him back into the side. Which mm. I remember having these conversations in the Premier League last year mm. when manager after manager. Kept leaving him out to start the season and then going back to him, and that says a lot about if he's been how we haven't that, progressed, doesn't but it? it? But if he's been left out at this point, the state of that, he must be finished. Yeah, oh, but, there's a but the little cameos he's made though, he's looked alright, hasn't he? I know, but you just well, I'm I saying that I'm saying that as if there's any any logic in my memory. Well, I am saying this like there's any logic in Grayson's thought. I think you made a really good point, Rory. You know, you start with basically. You can take off Eero out, so it was three three centre backs, a right back who's fairly defensive in Matthews, and two holding midfielders at home, and you and you're like, right, we've conceded inside six minutes. There's no shape, there's no communication. It doesn't matter whether you put Brown into right back. As Gareth says, it's not like you crossed the halfway line. The only thing that came out of that reshuffle was Oviedo was able to do something going forward, which was a good thing because he was hopeless as a wing back. He was getting absolutely roasted ah, all the was. time because. The, you can't just go. There's three, five, two. Like, you, are they even coaching yeah. it? Well, it are they even like, like working on how to work as a unit? Doesn't look like it to me. It was like the, almost like the panicked. It was like, oh, we've lost yeah. Williams on Thursday, and then we've lost McManaman today. McGeady's not fit. What what side are we going to put out? Yeah. I mean, he could have put just try to keep the same and put Gooch and Honeyman wide and. And things like that, maybe put you could have put. You gather it's his default setting, don't you? Yeah, three. The, but it just felt as three five two. Well, you gather that's his default setting because on on paper there was a logic Bizarre. to it. But like he's played, you say, he's we, we, that we had we had no natural width, and you've got a player like Oviedo who is a wing back, and Matthews apparently did play there for Celtic, so you can see why. But they don't they don't seem to have been told how to implement mm. anything like under Allardyce when we experimented with three five two a little bit, and even under Moyes now and again. At least you could see that they'd at least been coached at somewhat, whereas this, and you, you made the point there, Craig, about the two holding midfielders, the link-up between the front oh. two and our midfield, like, I sit right on the halfway line, and just w- looking at the gap, gap between yeah. them, it's massive. Vaughan, like, yes, he's a limited player, 
but he's decent in the air. He can hold hold the ball up, and he won us a few good fouls as well. But how often was he like getting the ball down or flicking it on, and there's just no one near him, and he's having to try and like back in and get fouls? He's steadily improving game by game, Vaughn. That's why he was all so right. I, felt, I felt really sorry for him on Saturday. Like That's one positive thing to come out of the mess because I don't want to dig out Gooch too much because not allowed to. Well, <laughs> just because I'm allowed, I, you're not allowed to criticize him. So. Uh, just the the main reason just being because you know he did he did do something to positively impact the game. Before that, he was absolutely yeah. he was he was absolutely shocking, and hopefully that might be a bit of a springboard for him. But he was just. Absolutely terrible. He was absolutely shocking. At least he felt comfortable. He was going to score the penalty. Oh, nobody wanted it, did they? No, no, yeah, at least he 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 strikes a ball well. Yeah, you've got you've got to give him credit as well. It didn't cross my mind that he would miss. I I thought he strikes the ball very well. He's a confident player. He might not have the ability that that he thinks he has. Possibly other fans think he has, but I was confident of him. With a penalty, at least. I've never been as confident since Gardner stepped up at Old Trafford in the semi-final. Yeah, missed. Then he missed. The thing, the thing with that team is, it's hard to distinguish between just how bad it is from Grayson either. Is it from a motivational point of view, from a tactical point of view, and how much it's the players just not giving a toss? To be honest, it's really difficult to work out. Are, are they just not interested, and that's why it's so bad, or is it because they're just the coaching and tactics and strategy just isn't there? Because Gooch to me, I mean, he just doesn't look like he knows. He just runs about a bit like Vaughan, but Vaughan's clearly a better footballer than him, which is saying something. <laughs> but he doesn't like know when to make runs. Like someone like Honeyman, he gets his chance in that kind of link position uh, when we started the game with three at the back. I'm sorry, but what is the point well, in Honeyman? Worry, what is the point I in think him? the worrying thing about Honey- Honeyman there was that that's probably his position. And I know he was the terrible. Worst, it's the worst he's played yeah. this season. I when you anonymise him on the wing, it's yeah. fine. I mean, and people can make excuses for him then. But I'm sorry, he's 23, 24 year old, and this is the first meaningful run of football he's had at any sort of level, and he's just he's miles tailing. off. Yeah, he's tailing. Miles off. After yeah. a bright start, he's, he's tailed off. I think the one you, if you want to be. You know, I think that the, there's a couple of points, obviously, people are making about should you put him in, should you put, you know, for for the reasons that you stated on O'Shea, should you put him in so you organise him a bit better or. In my opinion, the the the, mass, the major issues they've got is what they do when they've got the ball, and the reason the defence mm-hmm. is under pressure is because they give it away too much. Yeah. They're not moving. They don't they don't move off the ball. They don't move in areas. They don't want people don't want the ball. Um, they don't move the ball quickly enough. It's so is, this, is yeah. this a lack of interest or is it rank bad tactics or both? Some oh, of them yeah, just I think there's, there's some obvious, of them don't there's the obvious fear factor of playing oh, at home as well. Well, there's anyone there. You, like, you mentioned yourself, Craig, that the the away <laughs> the away form. Stacks up, but why are they so scared at home? Right, they started the season with a draw against Derby, and everyone was behind them. It was a good atmosphere and a creditable performance. Why has and now there's no one there? There's no one in the ground, so in theory the pressure should be off. I don't know. Well, I think the I think that puts the pressure on because yeah, it's like it's, you see it seeing people diminish week in week out. It's mm, it's kind of the fans are staying behind them though as well. It's a oh, yeah, yeah. as well. I think, so what what is it then? The, I think I think it's momentum just can build positively and negatively. I think it's well, we've never had positive momentum for about ten years. <laughs> well, that's, and that is and that is why we're, we are where we are because I I think people I think there's an there's like an atmosphere in the ground. There's no belief. There's no there's no self belief, and I don't think. You can blame supporters for that, and it, it naturally will rub off on on the uh, the players. I don't, I don't think there's, and, and that that's not blaming fans, or, or I think it's just a collective lack of self belief because we've seen it so often. But the, over the last five from, years, to me, no matter who the players are, no matter who the manager is, 
everyone's heads go down really quickly because we've we've been we're punch drunk really. That's how mm. I just kind of see it. But but the first game of the season should have been a reset. I but you all right. They didn't win. Every, but but the it's a new season, season, new manager, new players, new division. The, the crowd was behind them. It was a good crowd there. They played well. They tried. The Leeds game knocked the stuffing out of them a little bit. Yeah. In, in, in hindsight, Leeds are a good team and they're arguably yeah, the favourites to, to win the league. But I think we'd beat Norwich away, and then because Leeds come in and sort of comfortably outworked us, it seemed to just deteriorate from there. And the Forest game, yeah, it must be hard for them to take that when you lose to somebody so bad oh. who come up to play for a draw, and it must be hard to take. And then it's. Again, it's a standoff between fans and players now. But as then Gar- how many, Gar- how many times say. can you come out with that excuse, though? Because even the whole game could have been a reset. They've gone and played well for an hour, 45 minutes. You know, maybe if we didn't... They can see why they didn't hold on to that game. And even then, it was a bit of a lucky goal for, for Hull to get back in it. Can they not, like, take that? It doesn't seem like we can harness any positivity. I think a side with a good mental strength about them would even take the Forest game and be like, we were robbed there. We, sh- we should have won that. Right. Well, I don't but, think but, I, yeah, exactly. But they, they don't have that at all. Negative, it's clear. But the general, we didn't do that either, and that's because of the general negativity around the players because the, of what's happening. But happened. the players are highly paid professionals, and they haven't seen yeah, the years like we are. Yeah, yeah they're human. This is relatively new. Beings. Some of those, and a couple <laughs> of them are, no, a couple of them isn't. But some of them are still relatively. I don't know. I, I don't think it's. I think you know, it, it's a difficult one that no, it's because to understand. I think from psychologically. Well, I think it's a, a cultural thing at the club in general. That, it, like, I do agree with that in the sense that there is rank bar issues, but like, at the minute, there's some of them just aren't even putting a shift in, like, and that's just unacceptable. Mm. And that's why I know people don't like you saying praise and work rate because it should be the bare minimum. Yeah, well, some of them aren't even giving you the bare minimum. Yeah. I mean, what is Catamull doing at the minute? Mm. What's Corney doing at the I minute? I don't know how Catamull stayed on when he was on a yellow card. And he, and he, he couldn't tackle. He was His, scared yeah. to tackle and he was well, so we, far off the pace. Shall we, we'll, we spoke to Lance Hardy. Well, Stephen did a lot of talking because he's the best at the questions. So he, <laughs> we caught up with uh, Lance Hardy earlier on. Um, Tales from Railway 2 is out and the launch event on the 17th of November. Um, and, and, and Lance has got a few details on that, amongst other things as well. <laughs> Okay, we're joined by Lance Hardy now, who is an author, and I'm sure many Sunderland fans, certainly on social media, have heard of some of his more recent work, which is Tales of the Red and White, the second volume, I believe, Lance. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Um, yes, hello. Uh, the second volume has been edited by myself and uh, two good friends of mine, Graham Anderson, formerly Chief Director of the Sunderland Echo, of course, and... Rob Mason, um, Sunderland uh, Football Club historian. Um, and for this volume, we've decided to put together a collection of 11 chapters uh, on 11 former, uh, 11 players from different eras with different stories to tell. Um, and so we've been working on that for most of this year. Um, the work is completed. It's now in the uh, stages and um, the book will be launched in mid-November. It must be fun to do that, sitting and talking to the players and, and getting some of their stories. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a nice, it's a nice job. Um, you'd have four players, um, Darren Holloway, uh, John McPhail, Stan Anderson, and uh, my boyhood hero, Tony Towers, um, which, uh, which was a great thrill for me personally. Um, and um, 
yes, it's a real privilege to sit down uh, with these guys and spend a couple of hours in their company and, and talk to them, you know. Was there anybody you, you had in mind who perhaps was a little bit unreachable at the end? No, do you know, um, I'll be honest with you, the 11 that we went for were the 11 that we got. Um, we spent many months discussing who we wanted in the team in terms of backstories, different backstories. For instance, a few years ago I wrote a book um, on the 1973 team, uh, as you may know, and um, it would have been easy to have delved into that side and, and uh, found a few real heroes, you know, living legends. But we decided against doing that, and so we just uh, chose one of the players from that team, uh, in Vic Hallam. Um, we wanted somebody from the Peter Reid uh, glory era, you know. We went for Stefan Schwartz from the team that finished seventh in the Premier League at the start of the century. Um, somebody from the Bank of England club, um, that was Stan Anderson. Somebody from the 1992 FA Cup uh, final, we went for Gordon Armstrong. So there's a real collection, a real mix of players with different stories to, to tell from, as I say, the different eras at Roker Park and the Stadium of Life. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, isn't it, that people like Gordon Armstrong and Darren Holloway, who are local mm -hmm. lads and have come through, Sunderland fans as well, growing up, so their perception or their experience of playing for Sunderland is going to be very different to someone like Stephen Schwartz, who was his international, <laughs> well, I don't want to say a star, but I mean, he played in, in Italy, he played for Arsenal, didn't he? Sweden international, mm, he came and, mm. and signed for Sunderland, and uh, mm. the way he views things must be totally different. Yes, um, I think it's also interesting, the different eras that these guys played, you know, and the relationships with their managers how transfers happened when they came to either join the club or leave the club. The um, the environment that they lived in and played in, you know, the, the training methods. Darren Holloway's chapter is, is intriguing in how he found Roker Park in the mid-90s when he, when he joined as, as a young lad and how his training regime would be then in terms of how it was at the start of, of the century, you know, when... Uh, as he, as he mentions, the pastor police came in and, and dietary uh, conditions changed and fitness uh, conditions changed and the, the whole sport became a lot more professional, you know, and um, and what have you. So uh, there's lots of lots of stories in here which are, are quite fascinating. I think there's a few exclusives in, in the book as well. Um, Tony Towers, who I mentioned earlier, was um, really open about uh, his departure from Sunderland and uh, wants to stress how he never wants to leave the club. Uh, that's never come out before. Um, myself, Graham, Rob weren't aware of that, and, and that was a fascinating interview. You know, Tony Towers was an England international at the time he played for Sunderland. He obviously left uh, at the end of the 76-77 season after that night at Everton. Um, and he tells us how Jimmy Adamson didn't even have a conversation with him about it afterwards and uh, he was on his way to Birmingham. So different times, different eras, as I say, and uh, and different stories from, from these guys. Don't sort of give away any, any secrets how you might retrieve some of this this information, but did, did, did you do it separately, or did you all sit down and, and meet up, and how, how did that work? Yeah, so um, the, the book is split. I've written four chapters, done four interviews, Graham's done four, Rob's done three, um, and... In, in terms of meeting uh, the former players, we, we had one-on-one sit-down interviews with them. Yeah. 
Okay. Do you want to tell our listeners then, again, you, you did mention mid-November, didn't you, just how much and where they can buy yes. from, all good retailers and all that? Yes, um, and there's the Tales from the Red and Whites website. There's also um, notice of the event, the launch event, um, on the Sunderland AFC website. Um, the book's price £10. The launch event is on Friday, November the 17th at the Stadium of Light, the uh, night before the Millwall game. And tickets are priced at £20, uh, which includes a copy of the book. OK. What about present day before we let you go then, Lance? Not going so great, is it? About, uh, <laughs> some, some of those memories might have been brought up when you, when you, were, when you were speaking to people about this, some of the, the nasty eras, like the, the mid-80s and stuff like that. A lot of people are comparing it to then. It's really interesting you should say that. I've been going through the drafts today, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was reminded of uh, the 1987. Um, I was going through John McPhail's draft, and um, I was at the game on Saturday, and there was a lot about the atmosphere and say, apathy that reminded me of the early part of the 87-88 season. Um, I remember a game when we slipped to 12th in the third division. We played Chester at home, uh, lost 2-0. Um, Mid-September it was, funnily enough, so 30 years ago. Um, and at that time, a lot of friends of, of mine were not going to the game. We're not, we're not going to the games anymore. And uh, we weren't renewing season tickets. And there was just this sense of apathy wherever you looked, not just amongst the fans, but some of the people that worked at the football club as well, you know. Um, and I went to see the uh, performance of Jeff Brown's Corner on Friday night. Mm. Um, and I was speaking to a few people and they weren't renewing season tickets and they weren't going to the game. And then I got to the, the, the ground on, on Saturday and, and I, I got the same sense that I hadn't really felt, even though we've had many, you know, downtimes in, in the past, 30 years I, I, I did relate it to uh, to the to, to you know that 1987 feeling which was quite worrying really um, of course uh, the uh, the positive spin on on, uh, on that 87 season was that Marco Gabbiadini made his debut in that match and uh, the following few days he scored two goals at Fulham and then I think he went on to score against uh, Aldershot and we went on a run of about six uh, wins and then we're top of the table come November can't quite see that happening this time around um, but yeah it's uh, it's not it's not a good time at the moment but do you think we'll be okay in terms of the context of being okay I guess is just to, just to maybe steady and not go down or the, the way things are going at the moment yeah um, well I think that what struck me on Saturday was that we can also quite easily and we don't look like we're going to score many and that's always quite a worrying statement in itself um, the post-match comments um, from Grayson about no club being too big to go down sort of thing was well I suppose realism in, in a sense but, but kind of reminded me a little bit of the David Moyes comment last season as well um, not the start that we wanted at all um, I'm an optimist so I will, I will remain optimistic I think there's um enough talent in the squad and obviously there's injuries at the moment and when the team you know is back to full strength and hopefully they can gel you would hope that results would improve and, and then we can climb that table yeah hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thanks to Lance there for chatting about his new book. Okay, we'll get on to the Ipswich game. Grimm's and, and Rob's as well. Yeah, well, okay. It's his project or whatever, yeah. isn't it? Stop being pedantic. Uh, yeah. We've got things to rage as about always, here. always, exactly. <laughs> because we have another game, and it does... And it almost you almost think it's a cliche that don't you in the championship and the games come around thick and fast, but they actually do. No, like every single week, we seem to have a game. Horrible. I did mention that. <laughs> I was like, oh no. I mentioned now that um, Grayson's getting a bit stick for how negative he might have been coming across by suggesting that Sunderland weren't too big to go down. Lance even mentioned that there in, in that interview. But we we'll want to hear from Grayson because he was being quite bullish today, actually. And it just shows that sometimes these quotes could be buried amongst tons of other quotes and, and get said. So I think it's fair that we that we listen to that. We'll hear it from Simon now. This I've learnt from my own experiences at other clubs that I've been involved as well. And... Um, not that back to it, but this time last year I was in a similar position with Preston and we, we had a, went on a good run after that. Um, early on in my managing career at Blackpool, we were in another situation. I still got promotion at the end of that, that particular season. So um, I've just thrown a stat to the other lads in there. There's 37 games to go, 111 points to play for. Nothing's won or lost in September. So the table at this moment in time doesn't, isn't eye-catching for us or anything like that, but there's a long way to go and we get some key players back and um, get some on a run, then we can, we can produce performances and get them up the table where we want to be um, for everybody concerned. So, so how does it feel? Uh, don't worry about Nick Barnes at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite do that. Slide he always has to the last word, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> the table is eye-catching, Simon, I would say. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, we, we know what he means. It's that emoji. Those eye, it's eyes emojis. Ah, eye eyes emoji. League yeah, table, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that home, home table. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was fair to put that out, though, because those quotes probably won't make the paper. Because they're not, you know, and, and he was, to be fair, saying it's September. I've been in this position before, stand up for himself a little bit, which is kind of all you want to hear and all you want to see. And he didn't do it in the same way Moyes would have went. Well, actually, my record stands up and speaks for itself in that kind of way. <laughs> I'm the greatest manager <laughs> ever. So what we're saying is Simon Grayson needs to be as confident as David Moyes. Weirdly. That's how bad things have got. But if, you, if, you, if you're looking at the game, and I was kind of thinking that the players we've got and... Howard set up. It was an understrength team at, at the weekend. Um, you know, if you go for the the fourth three three four five one or whatever, 
I mean, I was looking at saying you could probably have, you know, say if it's Reuter, then Reuter, Wilson, Kone, Oviedo, and Matthews. Matthews, and then you've got Howard Avon, Dong, and Williams. Then in front of them, you've got McManaman. Um, what more when he comes back and McGeady with McGeady or McGeady or Graman? I would. I don't well, think he does. He seems to have the energy for it. Doesn't uh, influence the game enough. Shall, the shall we hear from yeah. him on the return on players because Go he was on. asked about that, obviously. Positive news is we're all alive, we're all working, we're all uh, trying to uh, get three points for everybody connected with the club. Um, we haven't seen the players this morning yet because of uh, we're in later and then we fly down to it which this afternoon. So um, I'm expecting one or two players to be back from the weekend that missed the game. Um, to confirm any of them, I can't say because I don't know yet for definite, but there's one or two encouraging signs, which is obviously a big boost. Duncan Watmore played 65, 70 minutes and looked very lively yesterday, so that's another positive step in his direction of getting back to uh, to being around us. When that happens, we'll have to wait and see, but another encouraging sign for us. Tully was being bullish, didn't he? We're all alive, that's, a, that's the angle. Yeah. That's, that's the positive, <laughs> we're not dead. <laughs> that's what it's come to. <laughs> kind of wish the club was, in a way, you know. <laughs> Well, do what's good. Maybe he'll do what's good now. Um, th- those players returning will be key. And he said he wasn't going to name any players there, but the fact he's pluralised that to me, one or two, and he seems a bit upbeat about it, suggests that perhaps they all come. Well, William back. should be back, really. I mean, he was. Well, McManaman had a fitness test, and he, and he feel it was yeah. it suggests he wasn't far away on Saturday. Yeah. So again, and you could see the difference McGeady made when he yeah. came off the bench. It was the first maybe bar of year or it was the first real it was quality yeah. on the ball really yeah. that we'd seen all afternoon beat people again didn't yeah. he God, trying to go past people trying to make things happen he played Gooch in as well and Gooch just seemed oh. to get it in the box and stand and like ask to wait while his mum told him what to do like <laughs> he did he had like yeah. but he does that all yeah. I know we're going back to Gooch here but he does he just do <laughs> he gets the ball and stands and just doesn't know what to do I think that's why it spreads throughout the team as well but <laughs> you're a forward in the box like what more do you want or what, what more, more? What exactly. more? Yeah. That's what we, I do, want. we do want. We do want him. We absolutely yeah. do want him. But there's another thing as well. It's like we're not going to rush him back in the day. He's like, well, he might be in the squad this week. <laughs> so you are going to rush him back then, desperate because you're desperate. It is desperate. There's all of it. There's a lot of uh, it's all desperate being put on him as well. Like yeah. you know, he's had a really serious injury. As much as I thought he had, a, he was pretty good last season when he did play. You know, you can't yeah. you can't put all your hopes on him. Carrying the weight of this team, he's never really led the line for for a, for a, a team at this level for at all in his career, has he? For any strength length of time. And if he is stopping around and looking for people to to guide him, there should be more of those players willing to do well, that. This is this is the main issue, I think. It's it's leadership. Mm-hmm. There isn't any, and and I've got. I think there's going to be a lot more injury problems as the season goes on. I think some of these players we've picked up. I just get the feeling they are going to miss games with injuries. Like some McManaman and Whitwell Williams does. That's what he does. He misses yeah. games. He could potentially totally change things, couldn't he, for the Ipswich game? If if you look at McGeady, oh. Williams, McManaman, just chuck some would even say put Gibson in, and he deserves. He possibly deserves a chance. I'd, I'd be playing Gibson ahead of Catamore definitely the, in the middle of the park. So that's four players midfield. He's uh, never uh, attacked at Gibson really, has he? Like he doesn't seem to. Because everyone, everyone just decided that he was, <laughs> not tells it like it is, and yeah. he understands and all that kind of thing. Maybe that's it, Grayson. Like, I'm not really having drunk. people telling it like yeah. it is. <laughs> no, but Grayson people, was supposed yeah. to be a tell it like it is kind of guy, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I'm not having people drunk and then <laughs> saying things and then getting in the team. It's a disgrace because that is what happened. But you know, there you go. 
I don't. I I would play Williams in the middle with with Ndong. I think with the two of them together, it'd be fine. I don't think Williams is effective enough further up the field. I just goal record over his not career. A but he's not well. What is well? What is he? Well, where is he? Well, where is he playing? You tell me. He's not a wide player. He's well, I would say he's more of a winger. I could. I could see him. He's wide. A, he's a winger. Do, oh, doing the job, wide. not going past people, but doing what Honeyman did a little bit, but maybe no. a little bit better. I think he keeps the ball a little better. McGeady potentially could do the number ten as well if if that was a route you were going to go down. Or grabbing as well. If you're getting about him, he could mm. slot back in there. I just think, you know, what we're going to we need to offer replacing Gibson for Catamol's basically just like for like, and we it's not working. No. We need, we need, I'm not sure it is. I Two very is. different players. I would say Gibson's more like me to give you something. Well, keep in possession terms of for you straight yeah, away anyway. Yeah. In a way that Catmull's completely yeah. failing to do at the moment. But he's never even got off on off the bench really. Has he? it's been? No, I don't think he's going to play. Change. I don't. Well, I don't think. That's just, how far just, he's fallen. Just, yeah, well, just devil, devil's advocate on that. I could see why Gibson would, wouldn't be fancied as a substitute. Yeah, that's you, a good you, point. you could see him starting a game, perhaps. And, and but he hasn't you know, really done that. No, he hasn't. The in, the cups, game in the cup, in the, in the cup, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, but he played three right backs in the cup. Yeah, he obviously didn't give a toss. That was the don't yeah. give a toss team. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah it was. It was. It I don't know. Like it just Williams to me he doesn't. He doesn't. Like he's got the legs to play central midfield. <clears throat> He looks like someone who's going to get injured a lot. He looks like he's too much of a risk taker to play there. He, he wants to dribble with the ball. He doesn't. He doesn't want to pass the ball. He wants to run around with it. But we don't really have anyone that does that yeah, at I don't the minute. Have but that drives from deep. But it's yeah. not a central midfielder to me. That passing, always passing it on. Yeah, I think but, if it, but if he goes and, and one stays and it's all that's right, that's not a central. That's not someone or, who plays not sort of central midfield. It's not like necessarily even dribbling. Though, it's just getting into space, doing a good run off the ball, taking yeah. taking a man with yeah. you and opening up space. Yeah. Gooch, then get him in. Send him in. <laughs> <laughs> wow, God! But I think in Dong, the, I think yeah. in Dong and Williams, they're both very energetic. They're both, yeah. I know Dong's in a bit of a bad run of form at the minute, but they're both quite tidy on the ball. They're competitive, buzz around a lot. Yeah. It mm. can't be any worse than no. it, than it currently is. Like, so, it is like, things thing about, can always get worse. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know having someone like Williams just a little bit deeper would would give us a bit of drive. Where at the moment a lot of it's, you know, there's a lot of sideways stuff, and there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of like. Shirking a responsibility before a, yeah. a lump into a channel, whereas Williams, you know, he might he might commit some people trying to move the ball forward, mm. come into space, and and then then all of us. There's the one the well, not the one thing we lack. One of the many things that we lack, <laughs> we have not got people who are willing to run beyond the defence. Yeah. We haven't got people who will willing to take responsibility and and try and make space for the people. It's all very much people are in the boxes. And they just kind of like mill around in there and receive the ball and then give it to somebody else and in their box and you just think, you know, the shackles need to come off, and and whether that's Grace and he was telling them to, to just be rigid. But I can't see a manager yeah. manager saying, you know, don't go out there and and try and influence the game positively by, you know, trying to break through the lines. You know, because at the moment we've we're just not scoring goals. And, and one of the fundamental reasons is you watch other players look at the runner well we got done by the runner at the weekend yeah. three at the back what, incapable of marking one footballer Cause, but it's on the ball as well they're just they're so laboured they're so I would just love to see someone do something quickly Sure. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah. that is it though, no, isn't right, it? Because yeah. they get the ball, they hesitate. We're talking about Gucci yeah. in the box before, but in the middle, yeah. they look around for yeah. ages. And I'd love to see just someone at least try something yeah, and be like, yeah, like, oh, I at least see what he's trying to yeah. do there. But it's just weird, look around. Or don't even look around, but look in yeah. this one narrow yeah. avenue and then yeah. 
play Classic the ball there. Yeah, sideways. It's so team, a, team of Jack callbacks. But how much is that? Of that is tactics then? Because I've looked at some of them and they look up, and there's just nothing there. That's what I'm talking. But that's what we're talking about. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, I think both the central midfielders have been absolutely garbage. But like. What's going on around them? They're bare, they or they just, or they just move. They, they miss them out. Put it long. Feel very, very positive for for Chelsea. Well, all we need is Wagon in it. Another, another uh, score yeah, Another one. Another manager. Another who's one. A bit of a specialist in this division, as Sunderland fans know all too well. It's on the eye follow, is it? Not I that I'd be watching it because uh, I wouldn't yeah, yeah, indulge in anything. So we have American so listeners. Really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're in America, <laughs> I think it is. If you're in America, or on a VPN you'll be able to uh, American <laughs> you can get by ones. proxy yeah, yeah. literally um, you, you'll be, you might be able to watch a game who knows who knows we'll find out tomorrow night <laughs> in my house wherever <laughs> wherever you have been listening thanks for doing so